to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Laura Brokaw and Lauren Shaw. Laura and Lauren are both second-year students in our class of 2020, and they are also leaders in our Graduate Women in Business Club. The three of us recently sat down to talk a little bit more about their background, how they decided to pursue an MBA, uh, what they've enjoyed about their experience at Darden, uh, why they decided to take on leadership roles in their second year, and their advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Laura Brokaw and Lauren Shaw. Lauren, Laura, welcome to the podcast. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, let's start with you, Laura. Uh, what's your background? Uh, what did you do before Darden? Yeah, so before Darden, I was uh, living in Peru in South America, working for a nonprofit there um, that supported women businesses and that development, both in tourism as well as textiles. And so while I was there in a small organization, was able to kind of try a lot of different things, wear many hats, um, but was really focused especially on program development and program management. And yeah, I did that for my whole time before coming to Darden. All right. Lauren? Yeah, so... Like Laura, I was also at a small company. Unlike Laura, I was not in Peru, um, <laughs> but I was in Colorado, so that was fun in and of itself. Um, I worked in sales and marketing for two different tech startups, uh, wore every sales hat before coming to school, and then after a few years, moved to marketing when I felt like I wasn't being stretched as much in different sales roles. Um, and there, I learned to work more cross-functionally with product, design, analytics. Um, it was a really excellent experience before coming to Darden. So, uh, so Lauren, did you know that you always were going to go get an MBA? Was business school always part of your plan? You know, uh, it definitely was in the back of my mind. I had two siblings come to Darden, actually. So I visited them, drank the Kool-Aid, and, you know, really uh, wanted to come back home to Virginia, where I'm from as well. So the answer of how you learned about Darden is it's pretty easy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, yeah, very much indoctrinated during family holidays. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great thing about UVA alumni, Darden alumni, obviously included, is they are so enthusiastic about about the school and, you know, so much want to share their experience. You know, you got you got to do this. You got to think about it. How about you, Laura? Um, so I always knew that I wanted to go to grad school, and so I took the GRE before I finished college. Um, but I actually, ironically, would make fun of MBA programs. Um, one of my colleagues at work had left to do her MBA a few years before I left, and I was like, oh, why would you do an MBA? Um, and kind of through the grad school process, was looking at different programs and looking at, okay, well, what programs, like, what job will I actually have after I have this program um, or go through this program? And I and like what am I, what are the skills I'm really going to gain? And I felt like the MBA um, was one of the few programs where I would actually be able to get a job that I really enjoyed that would pay me enough to pay off my loans and um, would really still develop me as like a leader and a manager and in ways that um, I felt like other programs that I was looking for. And I think from undergrad, I had. A double major. Um, one was economics. One was something called human and organizational development. And even though both were really valuable in terms of like what I learned and gained from them, I never talk about my f- second major. I always talk about econ because no one understands what it is. And so I felt like there was some value in having a degree where everyone understood what that was um, if I was going to be able to get kind of similar things out of the academic experience. So one of the things prospective students struggle with is sort of the question of like, do I have the right background or, you know, is this, you know, the right step for me? Um, it sounds like for you, Laura, it was a, a journey to arrive at, you know, an MBA or choosing to pursue an MBA. 
Um, how would how would you answer that question for a prospective student? Do I have the right background? Well, I think, and I actually think Darden does this really well of bringing people from a pretty wide set of backgrounds that it's a little bit less about, do you have the right background, but what do you actually want to do in the future? And so I think that Darden and like, honestly, an MBA in general is fairly good at molding you into being adaptable and flexible and being able to do a lot of different things. And like running a business involves probably almost anything that someone had worked in before. And so, you know, I think some maybe academic subjects are going to be more challenging for people with different backgrounds than others. Um, but I really think it's more about where you want to go than where you're coming from. Would you say the same, Laura? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's one of the gifts of the Darden classroom is you get to learn from everyone's different perspectives and diverse backgrounds. And so uh, there's really so much value, I think, in, in being with a, with a class that, you know, you have some folks from consulting, some folks from banking, but then you have folks that worked at like nonprofits, um, such as Laura. So it's, I think, that's the beauty of it. And then thinking about what you want to do long term um, and the steps that you need to take to get there. I think this program is definitely a great leap forward. So you're in your second year, and, and we're going to talk about that uh, shortly. Uh, but let's let's start by talking about first year. Um, I believe y'all may have sat next to each other in section. Is that right? Yeah, we, we did for yes. a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, what section were you in? Section C. So go see monsters. Section C in the in the second season of the Experience Darden podcast, heavily represented in some of our interviews. Y'all are popping up everywhere. So uh, just out there, we uh, we're actually the section with the most presidents in the school for second years. Yeah, so. We, uh, I think we're we're like known as a little bit more of a relaxed section, Maybe but like um, a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I think we really showed up in the leadership realm. Yeah. So <laughs> it sounds like it. So, um, what was that adjustment process like, um, Lauren? Coming from you know, obviously working in tech startup, being out in Colorado, you know, you're familiar with Virginia, but you know, coming to Charlottesville, starting at Darden, what was it like? You know, I thought that I would have been better prepared for school, having had two siblings go through the program. But it was um, it was just a, a tough adjustment being back in the school mindset and, you know, just even remembering how to do basic things like study for the next day and prep for classes. So it was it was rough. But then I did find support through our learning through my learning team. Um, we, you know, at Darden, you meet with your learning team every night uh, to prep for cases the next day. So you're ready for that cold call if it comes around. So I think um I think building those connections uh, with the learning team and also within Section 2, I mean, I became good friends with Laura last year. Uh, so finding those pockets and those allies in the classroom really helped me. How about for you, Laura? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that for me, one of the most challenging and surprising parts was some of the academics. Um, I did have an econ background, and so I'm comfortable with numbers, but... Like, I had no accounting and finance background at all. Like, I did not know what a journal entry is. If you don't know what a journal (laughs) entry is, as you're listening to this, it's okay. I just remember being in Darden before Darden, which is, you know, an opportunity for students who may have had a less uh, traditional background to come and get used to the classroom or English as a second language. Um, And I remember being in that classroom and just being like, I read this case. I talked about it with people beforehand. It's been explained to me and I still don't understand. And I had never felt like that ever. Um, and I think, and it got significantly better. Um, and I agree that my learning team was like very critical and just such a good support and understanding and really helping each other out. Um, but that, that first part of the academics was like, Oh, um, you know, I mean, cause you're used, I think most people that come here are used to being like fairly high performers, like fairly good at academics. That's something that like comes fairly naturally. Um, and 
yeah, just to have the situation where you really challenge yourself in a new way, both to participate in class and the case method and being confident in the voice and the the perspective that you bring, as well as just understanding some of the material that like maybe you have absolutely no background in. The thing that I've heard from a lot of students is it takes a little while to figure out what you need to know to be prepared for class. Like yeah. when, you, when you read the cases initially, it's just you're kind of all over the place. You, you haven't gone to class. You haven't developed that filter yet. Uh, does that resonate with y'all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the same time, right, you also you have this academic part, part that is big part. You start this recruiting part, too. So at the same time, you're like, I, I don't I don't know how to do the journal entry. <laughs> but then also like, oh, wait, I have to like figure out what I have, what I want to do with my life, too, <laughs> which I think sometimes can be really exciting because you have these options, but sometimes can be like a little bit stressful. Um, and then you have the social side, right, of you're asking all these big questions and going through these new experiences and at the same time trying to find this new support base and new people that you can connect with and, um, you, you know, like share in that experience with together. And so I think it's just this adjustment period really of putting all these pieces of your new life and circumstances together. The thing that we hear from students a lot is that the career piece is the, the really hard one to juggle um, and because there's just so much. There's the, so many companies, so many opportunities, so much going on. How do you process and filter all that? You know, how do you not get pulled in a million different directions? Lauren, what was your approach? How did you how did you navigate that? So I was given two different pieces of advice going to school. One was start thinking about what you want to do in February and come in with a plan and attack it and and you know shut out all the noise. <laughs> so that was that was one school of thought. The second school of thought was you know this these. These next two years are really an incredible time to explore and just see what's out there because there's so many companies that you're not even aware of that have really incredible MBA programs that help develop leaders. So you, you have to juggle that, those two. And I think I actually kind of split the middle, if you will. So I um, going to school, I, I did consider consulting, and it would be a totally different background from what I was used to. So I started networking with some firms early on. But then I came to school and went to every company briefing that I possibly could. And because it's a very a company briefing was pretty low level effort of commitment, but you still got exposure to the people and the culture and the different roles. So I tried to um, keep a semi-focused, but then also be open to other opportunities that crossed my path. So some of our listeners may be kind of curious what a company briefing looks like or um, you know what the experience is like. What, oh. what, you would share a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So a company briefing just where, um, let's say, uh, you know, uh, the company sends uh, different representatives to school and it's uh, an hour after class in Darden. So, you know, you have the time off <laughs> um, so you can make the time to go sit in a classroom and hear about the company's history, the different roles available, um, its culture. And then so that's essentially the first phase of the recruiting cycles when companies just come and talk about themselves and an opportunity for folks to ask questions. Nice. Um, Laura, how did you manage, you know, obviously well, there's a lot going on on the career front. How did, how did you kind of cut through that? Yeah. So um, I think I had a little bit more of a unique situation in that I um, ended up getting a job offer that I ended up taking from an early career conference before school started. And so I actually had a like great benefit of coming into school already with an offer that I really enjoyed and kind of more figuring out if this was the right path for me or if there were other things that were better, more suited. Um, I had originally written about like, I definitely want to be in consulting and my offer was not in consulting. And so I think I came in with this mindset of like, oh my goodness, do I want to be a consultant? Is this the right path? And I think that for me, I quickly started to get this sense of like, this is really not the right fit for me. And I think that you know, there, it is a very popular path here. And so I think sometimes there's, uh, there can be a lot of pressure 
to pursue that or like that is an image of success. And so I think that I really took a lot of time by going to a lot of company briefings as well and a lot of the consulting things initially to really try to figure out what was the right fit for me, whether or not that was what I had planned on coming in before. So. Well, we definitely get that question a lot from prospective students. They they see the employment report and they see the percentage of students that go work in consulting. They know about Darden's reputation. Uh, do you feel like other paths are possible? I mean, from your own experience, others. I, I, I realize I may be asking a little bit of a rhetorical question, but I, I want people to hear this because I think it's important for people to know. So do you feel, do you feel like other paths are possible? Absolutely. Uh, so I actually had an internship in consulting this summer. Uh, it was an incredible experience, but I am re-recruiting. Uh, it, it was a really great learning um, opportunity over the summer to try something out for 10 weeks, but then to get affirmation that I'd like to be back on the client side and more live with my decisions and work with an insular team. So I'm very excited about the array of opportunities available uh, across industries at Darden. So. Laura, any yeah. thoughts? And I completely agree. Um, I think that sometimes it's easy to feel like there aren't as many options because so many people around you are going to all these same consulting cr- recruiting events. But the reality is, like, for every consulting event, there's probably 10 other events and other companies that are happening. And so I think it's just taking the space to go explore those. And um, even really beyond Darden's campus, there are a number of really great career fairs as well. And so... Um, I think both on Darden as well as beyond, there are a lot of MBA opportunities that are not consulting. So um, there was this really great uh, piece of advice that I, I thought was was it was eye opening for me. Um, we have an admitted student blog. It was for the for the class coming in. We asked some of the second year students to share career tips, and one of the students said, "You know, remember." It's a two-year process, you know, the recruitment process. It's not all just about the internship, that re-recruitment, you know, even even people who have offers oftentimes will take some time, sort of explore and make sure to see what, what's out there before they actually accept the offer. Um, so, you know, any, any thoughts on that? I thought that was something that I had not considered. Since you're, since you're doing a little bit of re-recruiting, Lauren, you want to talk about what that experience is like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say it definitely comes around quick second year yeah. <laughs> when companies are itching to get back on campus to talk to current students. So it's been really great to connect with people that I spoke with back in the fall. Um, you know, we, we reconnect over my summer experience, talk about learnings and what I'm looking for moving forward. So I'd say um, definitely maintain those relationships. The thing is, with an MBA program, it's really about the value of your network. And so many Darnell alumni come back to share about their experience at their current company. But just because you're not going directly to their company after school, odds are you might end up working for them at a different company, uh, you know, 10 years down the line. So I think it's really more, it's more about forming those connections and relationships than trying to look for the absolute perfect job after school. It's taking more of that long-term approach to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So I'm in the position of was considering I just signed my offer to return back full time to where I interned over the summer. Um, so very excited about Congratulations. that. Thank you. Um, but I was definitely, you know, just considering, especially because last year I, um, you know, didn't go through the entire recruiting cycle. And I think that it's great to go into your internship. And of course, there are going to be always wonderful things and things that you love about the company and the experience that you have over the summer. Um, and then there are also going to be things that are different than what you expected. And so I think that I think a lot of it is about trade-offs a little bit, right? Um, I think a lot of people have given advice of like, there are three different buckets or four different buckets of things that you're going to have control over. And you're probably not going to be able to get exactly what you want in every category. Um, and so... I think it was really useful even the last month or two to 
you know, talk to other companies, see what other options are out there. And also, I think that that can be really affirming of, no, like, I I want to go back to, to where I was and that this is the bright fit for me. And this is the one that I like the most out of these options right now. So No, I, I just thought that was such great advice. It takes some of the pressure off the first yeah. year, too, which obviously people feel that, you know, you feel you feel like, well, you got two years in the MBA program, but I got to have everything figured out. Uh, the reality is no. Um, and I, I think it's important for prospective students to hear that because so much of uh, so much of this is about expectation setting, you know, what what you should expect before you come in. And, and this is, you know, this is how it actually works. And there's a lot of misinformation or misimpression out there. You may have encountered some of that as prospective students. Oh, yeah. And I think you should come in, like, understand that probably wherever you are right now is probably going to change over your two years, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe multiple times, right? Like, I'm working for a company that I had never heard of before, Darden. I also... You know, I'm working in a company that works in manufacturing, which before Darden, I was like, why would anyone go into manufacturing? Um, you know, just as a personal, I, in my mind, it was like, this doesn't make sense for me. And now you come and you're like, oh, actually, something that I just had completely written off is actually something that is a really good fit for me in ways that I didn't understand. So, you know, and you learn more about yourself, you know, through the internship, through your first year, through your second year. And yeah, you expect it to change. Yeah. And that's great. So uh, we invited you on the podcast to talk a little bit about your leadership roles with the Graduate Women in Business Club, amongst other things, obviously. But, um, <laughs> you know, GWIV has come up in many of our conversations and obviously is one of the most active student organizations here at Darden. Um, so talk a little bit about, about your roles and then maybe we'll get into uh, what you have planned for the coming year. Um, so what are your roles? Yeah. So um, I am the president of our graduate student graduate women in business club got to get the name right um and i have just i've absolutely loved serving this role so far and was really inspired um to run for this role um all of our club roles here at darden are elected and so there are multiple people who are interested in many positions and then the student body will vote or all the members of the club will vote then for second year um so i was really inspired to run because of the last year's president um she was just absolutely wonderful and i felt like gwib was really impactful for my experience and a lot of our first year class um just in you know academic review sessions that were incredibly helpful for getting us ready for those exams in um mentorship and just really so much support on a personal level, which sounds, I think, sometimes silly, but when you're in this space that we talked about of adjustment and so many things are different and there's so many things that are vying for your time, just having that support throughout that time, I think, was really critical, um, as well as working towards topics of equity, staying healthy, um, having more serious conversations. Um, I was just incredibly inspired by that and wanted to help provide that for our incoming women um, and also that connection among our second year class, um, as well as kind of continue some of the work that I was doing before Tartan of working to empower women businesses and, you know, just seeing that huge impact that you have when whole, all members of the family can be involved. Um, it just, in my past work, it just, it literally changes communities um, and changes dynamics in ways that are incredibly transformational. And so I um, was really interested and excited to kind of continue that here at Darden. Yeah. So Lauren, how about you? What's, what's your role? I'm one of three uh, VPs of community development for GWIB. And like Laura, I became really interested in helping foster a woman, woman's community really 
everywhere that I've been. So when I was out in Colorado, I volunteered for a nonprofit out there called Women's Wilderness that got women, girls, and the LGBTQ plus community outdoors and really able to give them skills like rock climbing and um, give, just essentially provide them a safe space to, to really stretch themselves and, and feel like leaders. Um, so th- I really enjoyed that experience. Found a great community at GWIB. Um, the second years have the second years last year created such an example for us and we're able to foster such a sense of belonging um, and development. You know, it, it, uh, the fall can be a rough time for, <laughs> for incoming, for prospective, or excuse me, current students, um, just with recruiting academics and the review sessions that Laura said were so helpful and the mentorship that they provided. So I thoroughly enjoyed working with GWIB and I'm very excited to actually to be on the board this year. Yeah. GWIB has always been super helpful to us in admissions. Great partners. Obviously, the big story at Darden this year was 40% women in the, in the first year class. Obviously, yeah. that's not the end goal. That's a, a step along the way. Um, but it's big news, and, and GWIB certainly play, played a role in that. And I, I think the other thing that always occurs to us as admissions folks is, you know, just having, you know, GWIB do as much um, as as your organization does in terms of programming and support makes a huge difference because when women visit and their prospective students here on, on grounds and they're asking people about their experience, people have really positive things to say. So with that, um, what do y'all have planned for for this year? Let's start with you, Lauren. What, what's, uh, what's in store? Yeah, so glad you asked. We have many things on the books. So um, many. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'd say there are three initiatives I'm really excited about that the community team is helping develop. So one of them is a Finding Your Voice series. Um, we also have a Breaking to the Boys Club uh, series as well. And then another one is called Thick Gets Real. So for the Finding Your Voice series, uh, we know the darting classroom can be intimidating to be in a classroom of 70 of your peers. And, and students are really driving the discussion at Darden in the classroom. The professor's asking the questions and cold calling, hey, Laura, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what's going on? What's your recommendation? And so we've been pulling in female faculty advi- or female faculty to lead sessions, like second year panels, just to give them tips on how to speak up and be a leader amongst your peers. And that will also give you tips on how to really succeed in your internship and after school. So that's one series we're working on. Another one is called Breaking the Boys Club. So um, last year, the second years had created great series like uh, they did a whiskey tasting or, you know, a golf 101 lesson. So it's just certain topics are covered in networking circles to give exposure to topics that maybe, you know, I, for instance, um, I'm more of a beer drinker. I, I'm not a whiskey fan. So it would be great to get experience about whiskey. So if that's going on in a dinner conversation, I can kind of jump in and add my two cents on it. So those are um, two of the series. And then the last one, Thick It's Real, um, we're lucky to be in Charlottesville. There's a awesome community around Darden and also a lot of female entrepreneurs too. And so most of the fitness studios are actually female owned. So this series um, that we've created, we essentially will schedule a workout class at one of these female owned fitness studios. And then afterwards, the owner talks about her journey and how she started up the business, the good, the bad and the ugly that comes along with it. Um, so it's a really great way to foster community outside of Darden. And then also just to get that female perspective on how what it is like to run a business. Wow, that's great. What? Maybe we have to get you all on the podcast after that. I'm very interested in, in hearing about that. There's a lot going on in here in Charlottesville, particularly around entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they just announced uh, a Catalyst program, which is pretty pretty cool, uh, and and then also another another program through Batten uh, for students and faculty. I don't know if you all saw the email yesterday from from Sean Carr, the leader of the Batten Institute, uh, some funding and support that's being made available for for people with startup ideas. So. I feel like Darden has a pretty strong story um, around entrepreneurship. A lot of that also is a Charlottesville story. 
Yeah, so Laura, um, how, about, how about you? Any other any other things in the works that you're excited about? Yeah, so um, I mean, one part of it is our mentorship program. We've had a mentorship program in the past, but we really kind of wanted to take it up a notch this year. Um, I think one of the really like wonderful and unique features of our club um, that changed a number of years back is that we are dues free because we believe that every woman and man really should be able to have access to GWIB and to the resources and sessions that 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 provides and that that shouldn't be based on if you can pay a club due or not. Um, And so with that, um, we also match second year women with every single first year woman to be a resource to them in whatever they may or may not want. So, or not want, but um, just that that second year woman is there to be there for you as much or as little as you need. And whether it's recruiting or personal life or academics or whatever it might be, um, just someone to support you throughout your time here. Um, so I'm definitely really been really excited and have had a lot of positive feedback um, from that this year. Another kind of exciting thing is I think that we are working on kind of more like male allies and uh, working towards equity is more of a system and within the school uh, a little bit more Um as an organization are just in a more mature place to be able to do that. And so we started off this quarter doing a session with one of our favorite faculty members um, talking about situations um, and playing out even scenarios, role-playing of what are situations that come up where we can be allies to each other? Um, And it is male allies, but, you know, honestly, like – we can be allies to each other in those circles as well. And I think a lot of those concepts apply to across like domestic and international students or like white students and students of, of underrepresented minorities. Um, and that was very successful. We had a standing room only classroom. So um, lots of positive feedback on that and are planning to continue that throughout the year. Um, and then our, our conference is one of our big points. And that is really meant uh, to be a space to develop and take time for yourself as a leader, which is why many of us came to Darden, um, while also having the opportunity to interact with a number of cool companies. So, What are you looking forward to in addition to your leadership responsibilities? What's most exciting to you about second year? Uh, we've talked with some of the second year students. Uh, second year, best year, second year is what you make of it. I'm trying to think of all the all the different terminology um, people have used here on the podcast. But it, it sounds like a really exciting year, and there's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure aspect. Certainly club organization leadership is part of it. I hear that pretty regularly from folks. But um, what are you excited about, Lauren, uh, when you think about second year? A lot of things. Um, I do feel um, like the the emphasis first year, you can pick two of three. I'm sure folks have heard this before, but social academics and recruiting. Um, so I'd say I really focused on recruiting academics last year. Um, this year, I'm really excited to, to take classes I'm interested in. There's a lot of um, leadership um, or leading organizations. I think that's the subtopic that that's called. There's a lot of interesting classes coming up um, this year. For instance, I'm going to Gettysburg with one of our professors to take a military um, military style leadership course um, around the Civil War that I'm very excited about this fall. But then also, I didn't get the chance to hike and explore out the outdoors as much. And, you know, having been in Colorado for five years, the Blue Ridge just has so much to offer with Shenandoah National Park close by. So very excited to hike. And then uh, I also learned how to play squash last year, which it was very unexpected for me. I ran in high school and a little bit in college. So the hand-eye coordination isn't all there, but I'm excited to get better <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, spend time with friends. So. Uh, worth yeah. noting that UVA has brand new squash courts, uh, v- very nice squash courts. So if you're looking to get into squash, this is a good time to get into squash. Yeah, uh, fun for all all levels of skill. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how about you, Laura? 
Um, I definitely echo some of that. So, like, I think there's this image, right, of, like, second year, best year, and sometimes this perception of, like, oh, well, second year is so much less busy. Um, I personally have not found it any less busy, but I think that one of the beautiful things is that you get to choose how you spend your time and that you already have this community built up, which in first year you're kind of building that. And so, um, yeah, I'm definitely have been really enjoying kind of more of those community side of events and social aspects of that and building relationships that I didn't necessarily have the full time to do in the first year. Um, also, I echo the classes. I have just like loved all of the classes that I've been in. And I think I'm someone who loves to pick classes also on professors. And so I've just had just wonderful professors and getting to interact with them and having more time to interact with them has just been really fun and stop by people's offices because I mean, they're, they're awesome. Um, and I think that one of the things that maybe is more unique about Darden is that so much of professors times is dedicated and open to students and, um, just having more time to take advantage of that here has been really wonderful. Um, and yeah, Quib especially mm-hmm. Quib, of course. The, uh, Question that we get invariably from prospective students during this time of year, where it's a rec- heavy recruitment season, talk to a lot of prospective students. Everybody asks about specialization, you know, concentration, specialization. This is something that's top of mind for a lot of prospective students because I think if you if you look around to a number of schools, there's a lot of emphasis on that in the second year. I feel like Darden operates a little bit differently in, in the second year, at least the conversations I've had. But I'm curious your your thoughts ab- about this. Um, it doesn't seem to me like like second year students here are particularly driven to specialize or to to narrow in the second year. I'm just listening to you talk about your course course load. I mean, certainly things you're passionate about, but I didn't hear a lot of specialization. Laura, any thoughts on that? Um, so I am going to pursue one of the concentrations in business analytics. Um, but honestly, it's more because that was one of the areas that I really enjoyed from the core. Um, which I side note is like a wonderful thing about the core is that you get to discover things and see that you love them that you might not have chosen for yourself. Um, and so I'm specializing in business analytics, but it's more that like I already wanted to take a lot of those courses. Um, so it's not necessarily requiring like a ton of effort to like make that specialization work. <laughs> right, right. Lauren, any thoughts? Yeah, I think I, I'm much more of a dabbler and I think that that's that's kind of the attitude you get coming into second year. It's what there's so many different types of courses you can take. So to get exposure to as many different subjects as possible, I think is really a, a great mindset. I definitely appreciate going to specialize and go deep in, in one area, but I think a lot of folks are more T-shaped um, rather than just like totally a column. If that <laughs> wow, that's a <laughs> that pow- that's a good visual metaphor. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to, you know, I don't have a finance background, but I really enjoyed taking some of the more finance courses this year. But then, you know, there's so many great leading organization classes as well. And there's, yeah, there's really something for everyone. Yeah. Um, the other thing that people ask about, and off a couple recent conversations about this, and so case method doesn't tell people naturally, you know, it doesn't give up what it is based on the name, right? It's It tends to obscure what it is, try to help people understand it. Like you read something, you come to class and you talk, talk about it, right? Your learning team also helps you get prepared. Um, how would you explain the case method to a prospective student? You know, how do you help people wrap their head around what that is? Um, so I personally have found it to be amazing. Uh, before I came into Darden, I was like, you know, in deciding schools, I was like, case method, not case method. I have no idea. Like, kind of sounds intimidating. Not sure. Um, but I actually have found the case method to be one of the things that has been 
honestly, even most valuable, even outside of Darden. Um, I think that the case, so the case method is basically you read a case, which is kind of like a small story uh, before class, and you'll have some sort of work that goes along with it, usually in a particular subject. So in finance, maybe you would be looking at things uh, in terms of financial measures and um, accounting, maybe you'd be looking at those accounting uh, statements. And so you come into class and really the class is... I would say 90% of what is said in the class is done by students and probably about 10% is said by professors. Um, and I think that what that does, it, there's these cold calls, right? So you can get called on by a professor, whether or not you raise your hand at any moment. Um, and I think that what that does is that prepares you to contribute at any point um, and prepares you to to contribute in different ways of like, maybe you're the expert, maybe you have no idea and like you, but you're able to ask questions. Um, I think that that also, um, in almost every class, you start the class with what's the decision that we're making today. And so I think that that also really helps you make a decision and weigh your options. Um, very few decisions are incredibly easy and are completely clear cut. And so I think that's reflective also of, you know, eventually the leadership positions that we would aim to be in um, and being able to live with the the choice that you make and understand what you're trading off by making that choice. And so um, I know for my internship, as well as I think for a lot of internships, uh, Darden students are incredibly well prepared to contribute and and to be asked for their opinion or thought at any mo- moment, and that's not, or present or be involved at any moment, and that's not scary, right? Um, and and you learn how to be wrong and to change your opinion. And I think that that's another like wonderful and beautiful thing about the case method. So, yeah, Elena uh, talked about the, about the sort of changing your your mind and to be able to do it in a way that you don't lose credibility or face with your class yeah. classmates. That that's also a, a skill she um, talked about on the blog last year, and I, I thought that was interesting. Lauren, how do you, how do you explain the case method to to prospective students? Yeah, I think Lauren did a great job explaining it. But what I, what it boils down to in my mind is you're given an ambiguous problem. And how do you cut to the chase and figure out what, what's, what's going on at the heart of the matter? Um, and so you can make a decision to improve it. And so I think, you know, so every day you get three cases, so you get three tries. <laughs> um, to, to, you know, get, get in there in class and really, <laughs> um, you know, and really help move the class forward. So I think, oh, and when I think of the professor's role in the classroom, it's almost like a conductor of an orchestra. Um, and just really how they're, they're able to, you know, they can see someone thinking and they're like, Laura, what do you think about this problem? Or, you know, like, what do you, how do you respond to that comment that was just said? And I think Laura hit the nail on the head when it, the case method preps you to be able to respond at any moment when they, when your opinion's asked and to feel comfortable sharing it, even when it's not fully baked sometimes, you know, it's like, this is my hypothesis, you know, um, based on X, Y, and Z and someone can have a great counterpoint and you're like, Oh yeah, I didn't think about that with that new information. Yeah. I would, I think that, you know, he or she is right now. Um, and it also allows you to respectfully disagree, too, and get, get comfortable doing that. Because someone described it to me as um, when you disagree with a, with a classmate's comment, it's really just a communication issue. So this is what I'm, I'm thinking of ABC in my head, but someone someone else is thinking of X, Y, and Z. And so how, how do we bridge that gap and make sure that we're all on the same page? So I think it's how to respectfully disagree, how to change your mind, how to feel comfortable speaking up when you're not, you know, in, in my case, the engineer in the room. <laughs> um, and, you know, just try to make sure everyone's on the same page. So we always end with the same question. Um, and that is, what advice would you share with a prospective student? So it can be really, really about anything, you know, the application process or adjusting to business school. Um, 
But what would you share with a prospective student, Lauren? Someone told me when I was applying um, and visiting schools, you know, business school is a time to stretch yourself and you have two years to really grow. So go somewhere where you feel comfortable. And I mean, maybe it's because I had two siblings I went here, but we were, really when I stepped on grounds, um, I did feel like it was such a, a friendly and collaborative environment. And when I visited class, it was, there were so many inside jokes were going on when I visited the classroom between the professor and the students. I was like, what is happening <laughs> um, as an outsider? But I really wanted to be a part of that community and I felt at home here. And so I would say just visit the schools, talk to as many students as you can and talk to professors. They love chatting with perspectives as well and, and see where you feel comfortable and go there. Um, so my piece of advice is always to take some like time really to reflect and think about what you care about and what is your priority and why you want this degree. Um, because it, like really no school is the perfect school in any ways. It's what is the perfect school for you. Um, and so for me, I really wanted to be in a place that really focused on community. I wanted to be at a school where people really came to that place for that experience and I would have a lot of strong relationships. I wanted to be in a place that was very ethical and focused on the whole person and not just making a lot of money. Um, and I wanted to have a place where I would have the opportunity to really lead and grow as a leader. Um, and I think the student run part of this um, really helps at UVA and a place that was very intentional. And so I think that to take time to really think about what is important to you and what you want is so critical because it's not going to get any easier change when you step on campus. You're still going to have to make those choices, right? Of Lauren talked about like academic, social, or, or recruiting first year, like which of the two are you really going to focus on? And, um, it, it, you know, it, it just doesn't get any easier. And so if you can come into that with an understanding of what you really care about and what you're going to prioritize, I think that that only makes your, your two years even easier. Both, both really great, great pieces of advice. And it's been interesting to sort of follow the thread of like the things that people are, are emphasizing, um, you know, as they share tips. A lot of it is sort of know what you want, be, you know, be your, your true self through this process and try not to lose focus on, on those things that, that really matter, matter to you. So, well, Lauren, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Happy Darden Friday. <laughs> and that was my conversation with Laura Brokaw and Lauren Shaw, two students in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we are all ears. We can be reached at Darden at Virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.